You're listening to the RCF Podcast, and today I am joined once again by my lovely wife, Alice. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. We are continuing our discussion of dating. This is part two, so if you haven't yet listened to part one, I encourage you to do that first, because last time we discussed several principles from the Bible that should guide our dating process. The first one is to choose someone of the opposite sex, since that is God's design for us. The second one is that if you are a Christian, you should only date another Christian, someone who shares the same beliefs that shape the core values of our lives. And third, you should only date someone with a genuine faith that is exemplified by their life. They aren't just going to church and then living like the world. And then we ended the last episode talking about the importance of remembering that as a Christian, we are servants of God. We are not autonomous beings who get to do whatever our heart desires. We trust, follow, and serve our Creator God and Savior, Jesus Christ. At the end of the last episode, I asked the question, why do some professing Christians choose not to follow these basic principles? Why do some... For example, choose to date unbelievers or date superficial Christians. So Matt, you have earned your doctorate in biblical counseling, so these are some great questions for you to give us a little bit of insight on. Well, one of the things that I really benefited from while studying biblical counseling is seeing how Scripture addresses the heart, not just the issues on the surface. Let me show you an example. Look at Colossians chapter 3. In verse 5, the Apostle Paul gives us this list of sins which we as Christians are to put off. And he writes this, he says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So when we see a list like this in Scripture, we need to look for, is this just a list of similar things, or is there a purpose for the order in which they appear? In this case of Colossians 3 verse 5, the list is clearly in a specific order. And he's ultimately showing us what is at the heart of the issue, the root cause. So sexual immorality, which is first on the list, that's really just the surface level sin. That's the one that we obviously see. Why does a person commit sexual immorality of any kind? Well, there's impurity in their mind, but it goes beyond that. There's a passion and a sinful desire in the heart. But why are those there? Paul dives even deeper because you have covetousness, which is idolatry. Ah, now now we see the root problem. So let me relate this to the question you ask about dating. Why do some professing Christians ignore those biblical principles? One answer is certainly idolatry. Idolatry is putting anything over God, and that's exactly what we are guilty of when we disregard God's design and His commands. We actually see this in Romans chapter 1 as well, where Paul writes about those who have exchanged the truth for a lie. That is the passage where homosexuality is condemned, but the bigger discussion there is idolatry. He's saying that the issue is far deeper than just sexual behavior. It's a heart issue. They have rejected God and God's design of marriage between one man and one woman. They have coveted another person who God has not given to them, and they've put their choice to be with that person over their relationship with God and over obedience to Him. That is idolatry. 
whether idolatry of the other person elevating them above God or the idolatry of self, which I think is even more prominent. So whether it's a same-sex relationship or a sexually active heterosexual relationship or being unequally yoked with an unbeliever, it can all be boiled down to idolatry in the heart. You're saying, I know what God has said, but I want this. Yes. Another way that idolatry might show up in these situations is when someone goes off to college and they just want to experience all that college has to offer them. They want to live in the world for a little while. Um, And sometimes that looks like dating whoever they want to date. Um, We see this so many times, especially Uh, when a student has grown up in the church and they go away from their family for the first time, they realize there's no one looking over their shoulder. There's no one holding them accountable necessarily. And so they, they think that maybe their parents won't find out or nobody in their church will find out what they're doing. So what's actually happening in that situation is that that student is loving the world more than they're loving God. And that's the definition of idolatry. In 1 John 2, verses 15 and 16, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. That's a helpful reminder, but how do we fall into that? I think it's extremely crucial that we know that it usually doesn't happen overnight. It's a gradual process of disregarding God and moving toward someone else. I think of Genesis 3 when God told Adam and Eve not to eat the fruit of one particular tree. And Genesis 3, 6 says that the tree looked good for food and it was a delight to the eyes. If we're not careful, we set our eyes and our hearts on the forbidden fruit in dating. They, they look good, uh, so we covet and desire them. We may tell ourselves that we're not going to fall for them, but the more we hang out with them, the more we think about them and, and let those thoughts drift away from God, we start to dream about what it could be like to be with that person, and then we're hooked. Right. Yeah, exactly. So another way that someone might fall into idolatry and ignore the biblical principles that we've discussed so far is that they're afraid of being alone. They're lonely. They want companionship. They want to be loved. And then someone comes along and gives them a little attention or flirts with them a little bit. Um, And that feels good to our flesh. But when you step back and look at what's truly going on here, it's unbelief. You're not keeping your eyes focused on God. You're looking at yourself. You're looking at your circumstances. You're looking at your feelings. And you start to think too little of God. You start to believe that God is not enough, that you really need a person, another person to fulfill you. We think we need someone or something else to make our life complete. And we think that we need to take matters into our own hands because God's not big enough to handle this. Mm. Well, keep in mind that God hasn't left you without human relationships either. God isn't leaving his people for a life of solitude and loneliness. He's given us the church. He's given us the body of Christ. He's given you people who should be walking alongside you, encouraging you in the faith, pointing you back to God, 
So make sure you're cultivating those healthy church relationships, those healthy Christian community relationships that will help you in this area and help keep you focused. One other thing worth mentioning is the temptation to justify our actions. We justify dating outside of God's commands, even in our own mind, by saying, but God brought us together, or God gave me this desire. But recognize that this is ultimately blame shifting, blaming God for your own disobedience. And so God may have brought that person into your life, but if they don't fit the biblical qualifications that we've talked about in the previous episode, he didn't mean for you to date them. I've heard people in the past use phrases like, God told me, or I prayed and the Holy Spirit led me to have peace about dating this person. But we all have a peace at some point or another about something disobedient, uh, something that we really want to do. And we need to be really clear here. No, God didn't tell you to do that. He is not going to contradict his word. So stop putting the blame on God. This is as old as Genesis chapter 3. Adam gets caught in his disobedience and God asks him what happened. And, and Adam says to God, this woman that you gave me. So ultimately, he places the blame on God himself. One of the ways that we've seen this play out is what is often called missionary dating. That's when a professing Christian dates someone who isn't a Christian in hopes that they will become a Christian. It's really just an attempt to justify what you want to do. If we really believe the gospel, we understand that none of us are anyone's savior. Only Jesus is. And dating or marrying someone is not the key to salvation. Now, we've all heard stories of professing Christians who dated and married an unbeliever, and then eventually that unbeliever becomes a Christian. But that's not justification for you to do the same thing. One person's sin and disobedience doesn't justify more sin. Take note that their situation and end result doesn't mean that God didn't care about their disregard of him or that he even endorsed that sin, but that he chose to show grace. We should not presume upon God's grace, expecting him to do the same thing for us. I think of Romans 2.4 that says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? So if you find yourself in this or any of the sinful situations that we've discussed today, admit your sin to God and to other Christians who can help point you to the gospel and turn from that sin. If you are hearing this today, God is giving you the opportunity to repent and to start walking in a way that honors him. That is grace. In his graciousness, God is trying to get your attention and we can be assured that as 1 John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Now, I know some of you are listening and you feel like you're stuck in a relationship um, that you know is unhealthy. You know it's not honoring to God. Or, or maybe you have already blown it. You've already slept with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe you're a student who's never dated before. Maybe you are lonely and you're, you feel like you 
are about to compromise these standards that God has set before you just in order to feel loved or or to feel valued. We want to give you some hope today. It may feel like we've narrowed the playing field so much that it's impossible to find someone that's even an option for dating, um, let alone whether you actually like them or find them attractive or whatever. Our hope is not in finding the right person to date, but our hope is found only in Jesus, who loved us, who loved you before the foundation of the world and gave his life for you, bearing all of your sins so that you could have a relationship with God, so that you could be reconciled to God and have eternal life with him. That is where our hope lies. So there's hope for you as a Christian because Christ has conquered not only the penalty of sin, but also the power of sin. So you don't have to continue giving in to these desires. You don't have to continue as a slave to sin. You can say no. It's like an old slave master that that you have been freed from, and that old slave master comes back and starts telling you what to do. You don't have to say yes to that anymore. You can say no. The Holy Spirit gives us not only the the desire, but also the ability to say no to sin. You don't have to stay in that ungodly relationship. You can break it off right here and now and know that God has something better for you. You don't have to pursue someone just to avoid being lonely. As a Christian, you have the power to, to turn and walk the other way. And if you've already blown it, if you feel like you have just made a complete mess of your life and there is absolutely no hope for you, you don't have to wallow in your guilt. You can turn back to Jesus right now. You can trust him and you can know that as Romans 8 1 tells us, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you repent of your sins, you are free. You are forgiven. You are no longer guilty and you can move forward in a good, godly direction. Amen. I'm sure that we have many more episodes that cover the topic of dating in the future because there's so much more that we could talk about. We're really just covering the basics here on these two episodes. But I hope that you found this beneficial, and I hope you find this podcast beneficial. Uh, We're going to continue with some great episodes coming up, so be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss those future episodes that release every week. Alice, thank you for jumping in and uh, recording these episodes with me. My pleasure. It's been great, and we hope that you will all join us again next week. Thank you for listening. If you have questions to submit for future episodes, you can send them to podcast at roadiefellowship.com. That's podcast at roadiefellowship.com. And if you'd like more information on Rody Christian Fellowship, you can visit our website, roadiefellowship.com. Or visit us on Instagram at Rody Fellowship.